Week four, making disciples. I was thinking about the tangible elements that it takes to make disciples. And for me, I really see how being part of a local church from my early days really is part of becoming a disciple and that process of learning about Christ. And then for me to be able to help make disciples or teach other people to become a disciple, you have to be in some kind of a process. My daughter has gone through this uh, thing in the medical field where she went through uh, years of schooling in college. And then when she got into nursing school, uh, she would have um, projects and then she'd have days where she actually worked at the hospital. And then after she went through all that, she went through an externship pro- uh, process where she actually did free uh, nursing, you know, under supervision. And so I, I think it's really important to understand this whole process that our number one job as Christians is to make other disciples. And for us to each find our place in the process of what God's doing, that we're able to do that. And so I remember um, growing up in the Baptist church. I felt God's love. My, my parents hadn't gotten saved, and, you know, they were, had brought us in the Baptist church. And I remember hearing the gospel, but I remember also then responding to that gospel message and making the decision to ask Christ to come into my heart and then growing. But really it was in my 20s, you know, where things changed, uh, like another season change happened for me, and I, I really had a desire to understand more of God's power. And I realized I needed more God's power in my life more power to resist temptation, more power to uh, step out on the gifts I felt like God was, was starting to um, develop in me so that I could function as a Christian. Um, you could show uh, slide two, and then you can go right to slide three. If you're in our, our membership class, you're probably used to slide three. The circle. Where you move from an uncommitted, maybe you're just a casual attender, and you just start moving in. You start letting God push you in, and eventually you end up in membership where you're done. You're going to be a hard worker. And I remember uh, just in that process of, of growing myself and, uh, and getting to that place where, you know, God moves us. In fact, I don't know, maybe some of you are like this now, but how many would be honest and say, I'm starting to feel guilty like God wants me to do something? Anybody get, would be honest about that? Thank you, Billy. I got like that. I was in my 20s. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then I knew I could not just be a there anymore. I could just not go in, do service, and then see ya. I was feeling so guilty. And so God began to just uh, work on me in such a way where I, I started being open to be involved with something. And that's when I started getting involved with Juvenile Hall Ministry, and I would go in and, uh, and you know, just help coordinate services. But I started off just praying and setting up chairs uh, on Sunday and praying for what was going to be happening in the service. And then over the years, the responsibility for Sunday morning got passed upon me. But really, I started out such a simple way. And I, and I think that's the way God leads us a- in our process of becoming a disciple to be a greater influence in people's lives. And so that process moved me slowly. And so if you're just here, you're just checking us out, maybe you're a new Christian, don't look around and say, oh, no, I have to be like that or, or I have to go do this. No, let yourself settle in here and let the Holy Spirit keep moving you a step closer and closer as you, as you come in until God totally arrests everything about you and you're sold out. You're a slave of Jesus. <laughs> oh. Um. I want to see um, 
in this whole process of moving in to the local church and really getting grounded and founded, it's really a process of about relationships. And at any given moment or time, whether it's our personality or our experiences, we either love people or we could do without people. But it's interesting how God draws us to himself and he loves us. And then he starts bringing us into a body of people where he puts people in our lives to learn, for us to learn how to do relationships and have relationships. And I have to say, you know, I, I've shared over and over about the different dysfunctions I've had or, you know, po uh, social anxieties I've dealt with. But I also see the, the, the slow and graceful workings of God grace developing me in relationships and, and, and helping me. And I have to say, God is the one that increases our capacity to have relationships. You know, last week I kind of talked about what we had experienced in our kind of going to our MFI regional this year about being gospel-centered. And since we're called to make disciples and each one of us is finding our way and getting more adapt to being able to function in what God has us do, making disciples is, is something that um, keeps us gospel-centered. The message of Jesus, that God broke into the world he sent his son to die for the sins of the world. Many of us, obviously, it's been 2,000 years, so he died for our sins before we were even born, before we even started committing sins. But that's how committed God was to getting his son into our lives. And so we've heard the message of Jesus Christ. We've responded to that gospel message, most of us, or hopefully all of us. And so now we're in that process, how do we make disciples? What is it that God wants me to do? I have to say also in uh, the process of making disciples, let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 29. Paul the Apostle wrote, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. And then he asks the question, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? And in this place called the local church, that is, it's a local church like where here we are today, and it's global. It's churches and bodies being gathered all over where people are getting saved. God, in, in the way God's working, he's, his will is to connect people in a local body, in a place where they can grow. And, and those who are, have these callings to be teachers, apostles, and all that, they can come into that place. You know, I've really been functioning as a pastor probably since... 1993 but it's progressively gotten stronger and stronger over the years especially down here the last 14 years but i spent a lot of time doing the helps doing doing those administrative things where you know i'm helping people in their ministries or or helping the church grow or like last week i talked about you know digging ditches with ken van meter and it's just that place where we are growing wherever we're, we're at and so at at different times in our life, we're doing different things in the kingdom. And to be gospel-centered, I think the way the time's going today, if you could just consider everything you're doing in your life, is, it, is the gospel the center of your life? Again, that message of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you, is it fitting into the priorities? And I know we all have to work, and I spent so many of my own years of my life providing for my family by working at an aerospace company. But even as I went to earn money for my family, 
I was always in prayer, God, who can I talk to today? Who can I share with? Is there someone that I could pray with? You know, and every day wasn't necessarily uh, an opportunity. But because I was praying for people around me, I was aware. And there were certain times I was able to influence someone or pray with someone or just be a witness by being a good worker. And I think of, you know, in our day and age, there are so many people who have fruit trees and they don't pick any fruit on it. You know, we're so busy. Maybe you, maybe you have a tree in your backyard that you think, oh man, I should go out and pick this thing, but you never have time. Jesus said that the fields are already white for harvest, that around us there are people ready and ripe to be picked for the kingdom of God. There are people that you could witness to just exactly who you are, and maybe you feel like, oh, I can't talk to anybody. The Holy Spirit can come on you. Just like we pray for people, I never had anything I said for those people this morning, but in the moment when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit gave me something to pray or something to comment about. And that's the same thing he's trying to get us all comfortable in doing is cooperating with the Holy Spirit. That's why we spend extra time in worship. Why? We're trying to fill our spirit up. We're trying to fill our connection with God up so that we're, we're, our mind and our emotions are more clued in with, hey, yeah, there's a God factor in my life. And it can take us in a whole different avenue you know, for our lives and being disciples. Our key verse, 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3, Paul said, or Peter said, may you keep learning more and more about God and our Lord Jesus. And it's really based on the message of Jesus Christ. It's the message of the Bible, the word of God. That's what we're supposed to keep learning. Again, the local church is a place where we're nurtured and we grow. I know there's a lot of different alternatives out there now. We can watch things on TV. We can listen to things on the radio. But it's our interconnection as a body and our interaction and how we use the word that causes us all to grow. There perhaps is our teachers out here that maybe you haven't even tapped into your teaching gift yet. Maybe God's going to move on you to start taking some classes, getting prepared. Because I see it's a big need we have in the body of Christ to teach people the word of God, to teach people practically, you know, how to use the gospel. I'm more of a pastor, teacher. I kind of depend on prophetic thoughts or, you know, directions to go but I don't really have a strong teaching gift as it is. You know, you've probably heard teachers, man, they can take one line and just tear it up, you know? It just shows the need. We need all those gifts to be operating so that we can grow to our maximum so that our influence as we walk out those doors and spend, uh, what is it, 90% of our, 95% of our time during the, during the week outside of this church, that we are able to be representatives and witnesses of Jesus Christ. So the rest of that verse, living as the Lord's followers, We have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power. When he learned the gospel, that he had invited us to share his wonderful goodness. Again, the good news. Again, there are so many negative news. Dory was watching CNN and she was watching Fox and all they had these big panels. And there's so much speculation about that plane that crashed. No one knows. But there's all these speculations on what's happening. Again, we can get caught up in all this news and all this other stuff, but is it benefiting us? Again, we have to keep coming back and being gospel-focused. Am I putting you first, God? Am I tracking? Is the gospel working in my life so that I'm tracking? Doesn't mean you're not going to have fun. You're not going to enjoy your life. You're not going to, uh, you know, have your families. But it's like you are, you've got your priorities. God's first. The gospel's important, and you're a witness. You're one who can give a witness about what's going on in your life. I want to talk briefly about seasons. In Acts 20, 18, Paul told the elders at Ephesus, and he said this, I have been with you 
at all seasons. Season is a period or space of time, an opportunity or even a delay. And I think a lot of times as the seasons of life that we live through, those delay seasons are not fun. But I want to throw this out to you. Being I have a little bit more years than a lot of you, I'm in my 60s, I can definitely see that I've gone through different seasons of my life. Seasons of my life where I had expectations about my job, my career. Seasons that me and Dory have lived where we raised our kids and now they're gone. And we go through different seasons and we have endings of seasons and we have even regrets and sorrows when seasons change. And I want to say this to some of you who are here and you've, maybe you feel like you've lost a lot of years of your life and there's a lot of grief. And you look at us and you think like, wow, they got it made, they have a family, they have a home or whatever. Excuse me, our seasons are just like yours. But with God, each season transitions into another season. And if you let God have your life, the seasons he transitions you into are going to be very fruitful, very purposeful, very joyful, very fulfilling. Because God is an eternal God. And this salvation that you've received at Jesus Christ is a life-changing message. It's good news that's going to benefit you in every season of your life. Even if you say, you know what, I've already blown 40 years of my life. Let me tell you, the best seasons of your life are right now and what God's going to do. So don't compare yourself to anyone else. Do not compare yourself to anyone else. Because God sees you right where you're at. And it's the grace of God that's going to show himself up in your life that's going to empower your life and give you the ability to go into a new season. And those of you who are frustrated, you feel like, you, I know about delays. I've been, I've been living in delays. You're not going to stay in that season your whole life. It will transition. But you need to hold on to the word of God and the gospel message that is powerful in your life because it's going to take you out of that season. Again, we have those characters in the Bible where we can read their stories and we know, hey, some of them have pretty miserable lives but we saw their seasons transition. Even if you have to die and go to heaven, I tell you, that's a season change for the good. I want to give you this first prayer and power. I just see so much where the gospel, everywhere you read about the gospel, the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. If you need more power in your life, just go back to the gospels. Go back to reading about Jesus. Every time Jesus was somewhere, power went out from him. So we talk about power, we talk about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is now the one who resides in our heart that produces and exhibits the power in our lives, the power to change our circumstances. Even, I love Jerry's testimony yesterday about hearing from God, even about how to protect his grandchild. Excuse me? That is the kind of experience and encounter we must have. And when we have the gospel, we should be encountering God. All of us should encounter God. And we should maybe get to this place where we're so comfortable in our, our relationship with God and what we're, how we're living our, our, our everyday life that it's no big de deal to hear from God and then do the things that God's saying. You know, it should be commonplace that we're experiencing God and encountering Him. Let me read Ephesians 3, 20 of the Amplified Version. Paul affirms in writing, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purposes and to super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires and thoughts, hopes or dreams. That means we can rest in God's power. 
It's not us doing it right there. If you need to maybe have a verse where you're feeling like powerless or feeling like I can't do anything or, 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 or maybe sometimes you're overwhelmed by your own mind. I'm not doing enough for God. I'm not being a strong enough cr- Christian because our natural mind gets overwhelmed trying to be responsible for God. No, the work that's going to go on in us is Holy Spirit empowered and it's inside. And so I love this verse out of the Amplified. Now to him who by in consequence of his action of his power that is at work in us. Right now, if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Holy Spirit is at work and the consequences are of our decision that he is working in our life to do the very things that, that are on his heart. We can rest in the confidence that we have when we pray a prayer that God is going to answer it. And our thing is to trust how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, and try to ignore all the five senses that are trying to counter our prayers and, and what we need to see God do. Super abundantly, I think that's a lot. Ephesians 1, 17-20, again, prayers that Paul prayed, that Jesus is praying for us, and spiritual leaders are praying for you too. That God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. God, fill me with the knowledge of your gospel. Fill me with the knowledge of your gospel because your gospel is your power that brings salvation and change into my life. It is the power that's going to enable me to be the disciple and witness that I must be in my world, in my situation, on my job, in my family. To knowledge of him. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I might know the hope of my calling. Again, I talked about that circle we talked about, you know, moving into different times of that circle in my life. And, and uh, not knowing what God had for me, but keeping, taking steps. Every time God opened a, an opportunity, I took another step. Again, God's not going to show you your full end of where you're going to go. Why? It's going to scare you to death. And you won't want to go there. But if you progressively are taking steps and walking in the Spirit and walking in the power of the gospel for your life, you are going to see changes in your life. You're going to even say, I don't even like being here. Because you realize you're f- so far out that you're dependent upon God for what he's going to do to carry out the calling he has over your life. Every one of us has a calling. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, there's an incredibly calling on your life that is so big, but it, yet it promises to be so fulfilling and so big, much bigger than how you're living your life right now. You don't want to just save up some money in your 401k to retire. You want to be dependent on Jesus. And I'm not saying don't have a 401k, but almost like we have to change our world mindset or our, our American mindset that this is where we're going to go. Hey, in a couple of years, all the banking could fall apart and the government could say, we're now going to print, print blue money and everybody starts with $2. I mean, everything is being shaken. No, there's nothing a guarantee for anything. Where is our guarantee? It's in the power of God through the gospel. It's what I know that Jesus Christ is walking right now in my life and he's resident with me. That's my hope, that's my confidence, and that's the place I draw great peace on, and then I can keep finding out the purposes of God so that I can live them out and be an example. I think it's very exciting following God. Again, as me and Dory have got some really hard seasons in our life, I tell you, seeing your kids go, when you, you do their diapers and you take care of them and you take care of their boo-boos and everything, and you get them into school and you get them through all the and then when they're gone, it's very painful. How many have gone through that with your kids? Yeah. I need something that's going to take me into the next season. And that's going to be being a follower of Jesus, depending on the power of the gospel and making disciples. I love it. Again, this week, E, come on up. We only have five minutes left.
We want to open up the altars for prayer. Is everything in your life gospel-centered? Is something off? You know, if you build a foundation and it's off, the higher you build, someday it's going to be a leaning tower of pizza. It's going to roll over. But if you're building on the gospel, if you have a gospel-centered life, then you have the power of God and you're going to build something that's going to last and you're going to become an incredible follower and a disciple of Christ. Will you stand? We're going to open up the altars for prayer today. If you need prayer, come. Also, we, it was on our hearts and we were praying today. You know, a lot of times as, as people, we go through life and there is a spiritual power out there and it's called Satan, the demonic realm. And we can be influenced by the things done to us, by things that we've dabbled in, and the Holy Spirit wants to bring deliverance to us. And so a lot of times we need prayer. Now you're saying, I'm a Christian. You know what? What the enemy does is he, he attacks us in our mind. He attacks us in our emotions. So I'm not saying you're demon-possessed, but you could have strongholds or things that you're wrestling with. If you come and ask for prayer over these areas, God's going to bring, he's going to keep breaking off things in your life.